Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer. Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content, be that on the 810 Facebook page or YouTube channel, all the podcast venues out there. We appreciate all those things, however you consume this wonderful show. We love having you here and we have a busy show for you today. Hot off the presses. What are you guys laughing at me for? No, we're not laughing at you. Carter had a little uh, Slack message. Having a Slack catastrophe. Just as Nate, just as we turned off our email notifications, right on cue. To be fair, it's not my computer. It's it's Jordan Burrell's computer right next to me, and it's super loud. And uh, <laughs> well, for whatever it's worth, I didn't hear it. And we're leaving this in the show, by the way. Yes, this is being recorded ahead of time, and this is staying in the show because I'm trying to do the intro, and all of a sudden I can just see this look on Carter's face. I'm like, is there something on my face? Did I say something stupid? Why is everyone laughing at me? And it wasn't me. All right. So we, we can laugh at Carter. And Jordan, really, is who we're laughing at, right? Well, no, it's at me, unfortunately. Um, once again, Slack coming through. Uh, and uh, I think anyone that has Slack will know the uh, the stress of hearing one of those little little bu- bubbles pop up. So maybe that maybe that'll give someone some, some, some bad stuff. Is that stuff. it right there? I heard that, that one. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. It's, uh, it's going for me. <laughs> Well, hey, we'll just we'll just plop through the slack bubbles. We 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 don't care uh, today. We have so much to get to. Hot off the presses on my phone, we have the remainder of the 2020 MLS schedule for the rest of the regular season. Nine more games added going through November 4th. So we're going to break down that for you. Of course, we're going to recap a tough game for Sporting KC against FC Dallas. And maybe a little war of words afterwards as well about style of play, things like that. We'll look ahead to tomorrow night as we're recording this Wednesday night's game against Orlando City. And we'll talk with the one and only Johnny Russell, who had a brace in that game against FC Dallas, even though it was in a losing effort. So we've got a big show coming up for you guys. We've got Ali Trost with us. We've got Carter Ross. Augustine standing by with the Jordan Burrell next to him, just in case uh, we need any slack bubbles uh, going on as well. How are you guys, Carter? I'll start with you. Uh, uh, what's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, doing well, Nate. Uh, can't complain. How about how about how how are you guys? Doing well, Allie. Uh, how are we feeling? How's the recovery coming from the uh, the post COVID situation? Feeling great and back out into the still very strange world, but I am. I'm allowed to be out. And I was at the game actually on Saturday, which was um, kind of almost an emotional feeling being back at Children's Mercy Park for the first time. So great to see everybody watch the game in person, which just totally different experience. So feeling good and doing well. It's it's good to, it's good to, uh, to know that you're feeling well. It was good to have you out there. And now right as we're recording the one and only Johnny Russell has, uh, has logged on to join us. So we'll just jump right into that. We'll get into the other stuff later. Schedule this, uh, you know, the, the game reaction and preview stuff, that. Uh, let's talk with Johnny first. Uh, just, just back from training too, right? Johnny, how are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. And I want to tell these other two that, uh, that Johnny and I, uh, we, we text back and forth every once in a while when the Celtic matches are on <laughs> because we're in a very similar space here. I've got my third child who is, uh, is, as you guys know, 10 months old-ish right now. He's got a Celtic zip-up onesie that, uh, that he sits on my lap and watches the games. 
I'll be honest, Johnny, I can't get the other two kids to actually sit down for an entire <laughs> match and watch with me right now. Yeah. But you texted me that you've got the Wee Man. That's what you call him, right? The, the Wee the Man. Wee man. You, the Wee Man, yeah. He's watching the matches with you. How's he liking them so far? Uh, he's, he's been enjoying it. I don't know if it's the, the – my daughter was the same when she was younger. I don't know if it's the green, like the green everywhere. But, um, he's, yeah, he's, he's interested, which is a good sign for me. Get a little – my little Celtic fan in the in the brood. Yeah, it's uh it's a nice world we live in where you can be all the way across the planet and still watch the games. And ESPN Plus is picking up the Scottish Premier League, by the way, very soon, which is going to be nice. But um, I'm curious about this part. I was thinking about this the other day when you were texting me that. How many times, or have you? ever made the wee man cry because of a Celtic goal? Like you screamed and all of a sudden the baby was in your arms and st- has that happened to you at any point? Cause I know it's happened to me a couple of times. Not yet. That's not happened yet. Um, I don't know. Probably soon. Yeah. You keep your composure better than me. That's what you're saying. Um, a little bit. I mean, no, if I've got, yeah, if I'm holding it. He's got his hand. I know. Same thing. <laughs> I know. So, Johnny, what's his name? What has life been like with two kids now? And what's everything been like in an already weird year? And now you welcome the wee man to it. Um, yeah, he's called Julius. Um, and it's been, it's been good. Uh, I mean, obviously, when we're in lockdown, I got to spend a lot of time with him that I would never normally get. So, from that point of view, I was, I mean, I was happy to spend that, spend that time with him and, no, everyone's good. Everyone's healthy. It's been, it's been a tough year. We were supposed to have a lot of family out this year. Um, we had it all planned in the off season. Uh, we sat down and planned with everyone when they were going to come out, how long they were going to be out. So, I literally, I think we had people coming out. I don't think we had like a break of like two or three weeks without family here, like family and friends. So, to go from that and then, I mean, I came back over here what January. So I haven't seen any of my family or any of my friends since January, so it's been a bit difficult. And obviously my my wife's the same. She hasn't seen her family since just before the beginning of the season. Um, so, I mean, it's been it's been tough, but like I said, we're all healthy. We've got each other, so we're good. How's the how's the daughter doing as well? Is she uh, is she any jealousy of, of being the oldest kid and, and the the new one coming along? And uh, is she getting into soccer now? At you know, starting to get to that age. She has no. She's been, she's been great. We, not that you're worried about it, but you just never know what, you know, your kids are going to be like. But she's been, she's been great with them. She's a really good big sister, and I think she kind of enjoys that job as well. But no, she's, she's really getting it. She obviously she doesn't get to come to a lot of games. Um, so to get to come to the one the other day, she, she really enjoyed that. She wasn't happy with me. Um, I took her on the pitch before the game. Um, and she wanted to go back on after it, but obviously they were doing the work on it, so I couldn't let her go on, and she wasn't happy with me about that. But no, well, she's in it. We're going to start getting her into going to little like training sessions and stuff like that, and just see how she takes it. Let her decide what she wants to do. I'm trying to get her into golf, so I can. It's my retirement. Get her into golf, so I can travel about. You know, I'm thinking steps ahead here, but uh, no, just. That'll try loads of different things, whatever she wants to do, and take it from there. So, are you a big golfer? I don't think we've ever we've ever broached this uh, topic before. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge golfer. I love I love watching golf. I love playing golf, but you know, having 
training and then kids, it's it's difficult to to get out. But I do I do love playing it. Um, I'm okay. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest. I wouldn't say I'm the worst. I'm steady. Can get around and enjoy my day. Um, uh, it's an uh, infuriating sport, to be honest. It's uh, <laughs> hit, hit a nice shot, hit a bad shot, and the clubs they want to go. Um, but no, it's it's a. I've always tried to like outside football. I've always tried to play different sports, and no golf's one that I really took to enjoy. We talked with Graham Smith about his golf game, and and he seems to be. Maybe the best golfer. I don't want to give him that title without running it by you first, because mm-hmm. I know that was a big thing down um, down in the bubble. But I want to move away from golf because I do have a question, Johnny. I'm we hear Johnny F. Russell, Johnny freaking Russell, Johnny expletive Russell, but your middle name does not start with an F. I'm curious, like one, do people get confused with what the F stands for if they <laughs> don't know how Sporting Kansas City uses that? And two, did you ever have any nicknames before you came over to Sporting Kansas City that clubs that you played for used? Uh, no, there's never really any confusion, I think. So I'm most, I don't know if people outside the Sporting fans will know what it is, but no one's, I mean, no one's ever asked me or brought it up. Like Johnny um, Frederick Russell, that's not your name. <laughs> nah, nah, they, they never, they never really assume it's a name. They just, I don't know if people care really, or they just don't think about it. But uh, no, nah, it's not something that's ever came up. Um, and as far as nicknames go, never. It's just been Johnny or Jr. That's pretty much been been it. Do you like the uh, the JFR uh, moniker that Casey? Of course, course. you got to love it, haven't you? Yeah, Um, yeah, that's a badass name. It really is. (laughs) It's it's a badass name, and everybody wishes they were cool enough to have someone else put the F in the middle of their name. That that's just the truth. Um, What is your real middle name? Uh, You don't want to hear this. Simpson, Snedden, two Scottish names. Simpson Sned, so Johnny Simpson Sned Russell. Yeah, it came from uh, my dad's side of the family. Um, I don't have much say on it, to be honest. <laughs> not the not the greatest of names, but the family names, so I'll keep them in there. Not as cool as F and Russell. That's the- <laughs> exactly. I don't know if I should change it. <laughs> get my passport on, get it changed. So, Johnny, let's talk about the game on Saturday. It was a frustrating loss, but two goals for you off of two set pieces. Is that something that you've been practicing, those exact plays and, and how those goals came about, one off the head and then another uh, beauty uh, off the foot? So, so, you know, what did you see on those? And is that something that you've been working on in training to put them away on set pieces? You know what? It's not really, to be honest. It was just so I came off the cuff because we were down. Um, and they were both from, you know, our left side, which is usually sort of right foot or Busio territory. So sort of we swap from side to side. So usually at the start of the game, I was out there with them. We usually send two out, but just because we were down, thought just get numbers in the box, flood the box, and you no, know, lucky the the first one, the first one dropped to me. Um, sort of half read that it was going to drop there when he played the ball in and just tried to get away from my man luckily enough I did and then the second one just trying put numbers in front of the goalkeeper Busio whipped in a great ball with speed and any touch on that um, 
you know, it's more than likely a goal. And obviously, it was good for me to to get the goals. And it's just frustrating, like you say, a frustrating day. Um, dominated the ball, created a lot of chances again, and it's just coming away with with no points. It's uh, that is a really frustrating thing, especially the position we were in. We knew we had to win the game and you know, kind of let ourselves down and playing catch up a little bit again now. So you've been uh, you've been scoring pretty well at home since the restart, and I w- I'm wondering if you've noticed the the song that plays in the stadium now when you score at home. Or... Venga, boys! <laughs> of course, of course. What's Wait, your, what uh, is it? I've I've never noticed. I'm on the air when it happens, so I've never noticed the song. What is it? It's a uh, Venga Boys. Classic Euro, uh, classic Euro song, right? Yep. Euro group. Yeah, it's like uh, they were about years ago. It's like just a, it was just a phase uh, that I don't know music in Europe was going through, and the Venga Boys appeared out of nowhere with some like catchy little party songs. And uh, yeah, it came from that. But always got to love a bit of the Venga Boys. Did you ask for that? Is that? I, I didn't know. Um, I, I can't remember how it came about. I think we'd done a couple of things and like we'd put the song on and we were singing a song just for like a laugh. And then obviously someone's picked up on it and, and put it on. So no, it's uh, it's good. Gets the uh, gets the crowd going as well. Seen a few people dance to it when it's been on. So you know, you need to listen out for that one. I thought it'd be just some Depeche mode, you know, but... Ah, uh, no, no, that's just you. I guess that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're visiting cool. with Johnny Russell, and I wanted to ask you about the goals because, um, and, and I don't want to paint a picture that's inaccurate, so you tell me if this is wrong. Um, but it, it seemed to me like, you know, two games ago you scored the goal, um, the match winner, and it seemed to me like at that point in time, you were kind of in one of those spells where you, you were this close on, on a lot of chances and they just weren't falling. And you kind of expressed some frustration, I think, in a post-game interview with Carter about that. Then you got that goal. And I remember thinking at that time, I wonder if this is one of those deals where the lid comes off and he's going to start banging them in now. And then you get a brace, you know, in the last game. Is there something to that? I mean, do you, do you feel like once one goes in, now it's like, okay, here, here we go? Or, or you take me through what it's like in the mind of a, of a striker like yourself. And obviously, I want to be scoring goals, creating goals. That's my job for the team. That's why I was brought here. Um, you go through little spells where things don't fall for you. I was, getting on, I was getting on the end of a lot of chances, but I just couldn't get full contact on it. You know, people getting their body in the way or getting blocks in the way. It was, I mean, it is frustrating. Um, but I said as well after a game, I was asked about it. I, would, I never lose confidence in myself or my team. Like I know if I continue to get myself in those sort of spaces, get those sort of chances, I know I'm going like, to I'm finish them at some point. Um, I want to do it, obviously, more frequently. Uh, but it's never a a case of letting it get to me or letting it lose any confidence. Um, and then that, that goal against Minnesota was a huge goal, uh, obviously for me and the team, getting that win. And then it's just weird how it happens. You know, you go through a couple of games where you maybe don't get the get the finish that you want. And then when you do, they, they all start seeming to go in. So hopefully that's the, the start of a, of a good run for me and the team as well. 
And Johnny, now a very quick turnaround before tomorrow's game against Orlando. What's the attitude of the team been like in training, especially after, like we talked about, such a frustrating end with time wasting, a late goal? What has the attitude been like, and, and how have you guys kind of come together to move past what happened Saturday and get ready for uh, a new team on Wednesday? We're going to have to be our, our best. Everyone knows how well Orlando are playing at the minute. Um, but not a, obviously, everyone was frustrated, gutted after the game, but when you've got games so short, um, you can't let it get to you and it, you know, it can be a, a blessing at times as well. You've got that little time to bounce back as well, which we've, we've seemed to do well. Um, obviously, we'll be looking to do that again. And like I said, it's been a good couple of days training we've put in. Um, everyone, looks, everyone looks confident, fresh, so no, there's no I can't really see any sort of hangover of the weekend. Uh, it was disappointing, but I've got another game to put it right. And, you know, that's, uh, that's the beauty of having games so, so soon. Yeah, you talked about Orlando, their best start to a season um, in, in their history. And when you're looking at the game, I think you look at, uh, for them, the two wide men, Nani and Chris Mueller, having fantastic seasons. Um, when you go into a game like this, you being kind of you know the the attack the attacking threat for Sporting, and you're going up against a team that has uh, similar really quality players in attack. Is it is there something about like our attack versus their attack in this game? Their wingers are creating a lot, and and we're we want to match up with them. Or what what's the what's the thinking going going into a matchup against a team with two good wingers like they do? Well, first of all, we need to stop them, um, like you said very dangerous players having great seasons and we know the quality we've got um, and plain and simple they need to be stopped uh, the same way teams will go about you know, trying to stop us attacking and creating stuff um, but you want to you want to go into games um, you want to be better than the guy you're playing against the guy in the opposite position of you as well um, and that'll be the same across the board I've got full confidence in the defence, you know, the way we've worked, um, how we're going to play, the, that we will stop them. Uh, it'll be extremely difficult. We need to work as a team and cut out the silly little errors we let creep into the game at the weekend that we'd sort of got rid of for the few weeks before that. Um, but now it's more of, more of the same, confident going into the game. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird one. We've been playing well got a lot of possession creating chances we just haven't really pieced it all together um collectively defensively and you no know, offensively as well so i'm sure if you know that clicks we get everything right on wednesday then you know i'm extremely confident in three points for us as well hey johnny before we let you go i, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this so we, we heard peter Vermees talk after the game about some of the antics by FC Dallas and, and, and the, the time wasting. I, I made it, I kind of hesitate to talk about that stuff during the broadcast, but I, to me it was so over the top in that game um, that, I, that I felt like saying something. And, and, and the reason I, I guess I say I hesitated to talk too is because I think that when you're on the losing side, it, it comes across as sour grapes. Yeah. And I don't think any of us are arguing that that is why the game was decided. We know Sporting made their mistakes and that, that, that was about the game, but um, as as fans of the game, as people that want to see the game grow in this country, 
I want to get your, your thoughts as a, as a person from Scotland, because I know that different parts of the world value the game differently and, and what they accept and don't accept. I don't get the sense that most Americans really appreciate, don't, don't want to see that aspect of the game. I definitely get the sense you guys don't appreciate that in Scotland. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I'm just curious overall, and, and how, how is that stuff received? Because it does start to permeate all over the world these days. I say that after the game, uh, when you lose a game and you talk about it, people just think you're making excuses. But that isn't the reason we lost the game. I said that after the game. That isn't why we lost. But when you play a team who, like if you're winning a game, like we all do it, we all, you manipulate the clock a little bit. You take a little bit longer to go for a corner, take a set piece. Like everyone does it. You can't have really any complaints about it, but the level that they done it to was they're just taking it's just completely disrespectful. It took way too long and it does take way too long for officials to stop it. Um I mean teams are starting teams are doing it to us from fifteen, twenty minutes. And we're a team who want to get the ball down and play. So when they break up the tempo of the game the way we want to play it, then it does get frustrating. And then towards the end of the game, I mean, it just became an absolute embarrassment, to be honest. I'd personally grown up, like, in Scotland, I'm not used to that. We don't do that. Um, it's more when you start to play sort of European games or it creeps in a little bit there. But like you said, who wants to watch that? Like, as a, as a fan of any team or even if you were watching that game and you weren't a fan of either team, you're watching that and you're going like, come on, what what is this? So I think it was completely, completely disrespectful. But like I said, if if teams aren't going to be punished for doing it, they're going to continue to do it. So you don't want to see people being sent off, but I mean, I think it was, I spoke about it after the game, it was one of the free kicks they had right at the end. The guy must mm-hmm. have taken over a, min- over a minute to take the free kick. Like, what else, what, what else can you do there? You're constantly saying to the referee, look, this is, this is getting too far. But I just can't see, I can't see a referee giving a second yellow card for time wasting like that. They get the, they get one for kicking the ball away, which is a yellow card. But how many times before that, did they kick the ball away and get away with it? So it's just, it has to be consistent and it has to be a harsher punishment. But like I said earlier, like, if we're winning the game, people do take longer to do stuff. Everyone does it. Is it annoying? Yes, but you can't say anything about it when you do it yourself. But just to the level certain teams do it, is, I think it's a joke, to be honest. Yeah, no, it... it- was definitely frustrating to watch. And I agree, it's, it's gotta be a little bit more consistent across the board because mm-hmm. there was no consistency when it came to that on Saturday. But I do have one question when it comes to consistency and some of the inconsistencies, at least in the lineup for Sporting Kansas City, as far as the forward line is concerned, with Gotti Kinda moving into a false nine, Kyrie Shelton starting, Gerso Fernandez, some rotations uh, out on the wings. What's that been like for you um, after playing with the mostly consistent lineup for the most part up top and then now seeing uh, some of those adjustments either being made before the game or in the game? I mean, is any any player you want consistency, you want to create good habits and, you know, you have to 
change certain ways you play, certain ways you go about a game for certain games. And that was just the way we seen the game um, at halftime. Made the sort of tactical change to put Gaddy there and drop in a little bit and, and leave a little bit of space for, for me and Kyrie and sort of midfield runners. But when we've got the, when we've got the quality we've got, um, attacking-wise, we know there's going to be changes. There's, there's too many games in a short period of time that there isn't. Like, you just can't play um, with the same lineup the whole time. There has to be changes, and you know, obviously, you want to be the one that plays all the time. But you know, you've got guys who are c- coming in and bringing a little bit different to certain games. Um, maybe a team's weakness will be exploited by a different player, and you just have to. You have to put up with that. It's you know your job to be there for a team whenever called upon. But like I said, you want you want that consistency. And I think due to injuries as well, we haven't really had that. So be good to get everyone back, get everyone firing, and you know try and get ourselves in back to top and position we want to be in going forward. With that in mind, the schedule was just released today, and it's oh, was been. It? It, 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 so he hasn't seen it. So there's a. Uh, so there's a we could do maybe a live reaction, but hey, real time. <laughs> Let's go through each yeah, game now, Johnny. I've been in the home and I've been with the kids, so I haven't even seen it. Yeah, um, so we're gonna have you break down each opponent, uh, just step by step. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, so when you when you're at the start of a normal season, you you can kind of look at the schedule, and there's a halfway point. There's you know. Uh, 10 games in, all this and that. That obviously has been thrown out the window this year. But now with this schedule released, it does mean that on the schedule for the season are 23 games for sporting. You guys have played 12. So you're a little bit over what will be half halfway of yeah. this crazy season. I guess where where do you feel the team is at um, right now at the quote-unquote halfway point um, looking forward to these next 11 games? Um, I think we've put ourselves in a good position. I think it's only down to ourselves that we aren't, we haven't got more points than we should have got at this point. Uh, the way we've played in certain games, chances we've created, we should be, you know, we should be well out in front. Um, we haven't been because of certain inconsistencies we've had. Uh, I think a lot of teams have struggled with that, but you know, I think. From our point of view, the way we set out to start the season, then it's been a bit more frustrating. When you look at the the points we've dropped from the positions we were in, then I mean we're still in a good position right now. Um, but obviously, we set out to be top. We wanted to be there. We put ourselves in a great position to do that, and you know, especially a lot of the home games, it's difficult to travel in this league and pick up points. Um, but especially the home games, we we should be picking up more points than we have been recently. So, still in a good position, but definitely should be a lot better. Well, still a lot of time to, to get that done. And it looks like yep. some guys are coming back from injury too. And um, I, I think that the, the best part of the season is yet to come, Johnny. So, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. No uh, enjoy the wee man and the, and, and the wee woman. And, yeah, I know. I will. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Good speaking to you. All right, there's uh, there's Johnny Russell, JFR.
joining us on the show. We'll break down that schedule for you. We, Carter, Allie, and I will go game by game. We'll talk about those games and do some more with you as we come back on the Sporting Kansas City Show, off and running on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. Our thanks to JFR, Johnny Russell, for joining us on the show. And we're going to move forward now with a few different things on my agenda here, guys. And before we get into the schedule, I wanted to stop and talk about something that stood out to me this weekend because, and, and, I, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this. This was one of the best sports weekends since the pandemic. Uh, American sports, football, you know, uh, basketball, game-winning shots, game-winning touchdowns, game-saving touchdowns, all that. But, but maybe for me, the best image that is still in my head of everything that happened this weekend was the image of Cristiano Ronaldo celebrating a goal with his arm around a 20-year-old American named Weston McKinney for Juventus. Um, I'm going to give you guys my reasons for that in a second, but, and I'll start with you, Carter. It, did it hit you guys? Did, I mean, did, I don't know. Did it affect you guys the way, that, even close to the way that it did me, that that's still like the number one thing on my mind to see Weston McKinney not only play, but play the way that he did for Juventus in his first game? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't know. When he made the move, I was kind of expecting him to start for a long time as being more of a, a bench role player, and maybe that is uh, maybe that is his role here for the for the short term. But I was surprised to see him in the starting lineup for the first game, and I don't know if you know what all is going with the UVA lineup, but um, hopefully it continues. So when that I remember when the news went out on Saturday that he was in the starting, and of course U.S. Soccer Twitter is a pretty funny place to be at, but it it, <laughs> it exploded, and um, all of a sudden. I'm like, man, do I have to, do I have to get this UVA game on uh, as well? And uh, kind of had it on, the, or sorry, it was Sunday. And so I, I kind of had it, you know, on in the background as well. Um, it, it's a, re, you're, I'm with you. It's a really cool moment. And just, you know, I think a lot of U.S. soccer fans did uh, some reflecting this weekend, just looking over across at everything that happened. You have Gio Reyna scoring a goal for, for Dortmund mm -hmm. in their first game. Um, you know, Tyler Adams playing really well. You, you got Christian uh, Pulisic, who's, you know, injured at the time being, but he's the, the new number 10 for Chelsea. So, and everything that goes with that. Um, yeah, just, you've got Zach Steffen on the bench for Man City yesterday. I mean, it, there's just so many, so many positives to look at. And the, the photo with him and Ronaldo was awesome. But I'm also looking at, uh, there's a good uh, clip from, his rating that he got from uh, Gazzetto dello Sport, and he got one of the higher ratings in the that the whatever newspaper writer gave out for the Juventus team from that game. But what he said was, "This is a player that Juve fans will really love, and and this is the type of player that Juve fans take to because of the fight that he puts out on the field." So um, it's a yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It, it was uh, it was a really fun weekend. Carter Nate. Very well said, and I'm glad you brought up Gio Reyna's goal. That was a really cool moment as well. But, I mean, all I have to add is that the future is bright. I, I think it's just such a, a cool time and trans 
transitional time really uh, in U.S. soccer and, and just excitement. You can feel it and, and that, that hope that seems to be renewed as well uh, in the future of U.S. soccer. So what a cool weekend and, and an iconic photo that will probably stick around for a long, long time. Okay, so yes, thank you guys. And, and here, so now I'll give my two cents on it. Um, as a, Carter and I have talked a lot about how our, our fandom of the United States men's national team might, might be bigger than any, and Carter, I know that that's always been your number one passion. And for those of us that, that long suffering, that love it, that have gone through the, the disappointment of the last World Cup cycle, gone through the, the endless stream of young uh, phenom players that we, we hope are, are going to be the next star of, of American soccer. I, for a long time, to be honest with you, I would get frustrated by the mindset that, oh, hey, there's a guy playing in Europe and he's got an American passport or he is an American kid, but he's playing in Europe and he's going to be a star because he's playing in Europe. And my attitude always was just because you're playing in the continent of Europe does not mean you're playing in the best league or with the best teams or getting a lot of playing time. And right now, all those guys you just listed off are playing at really good, if not worldly great clubs in great leagues. And I mean, when Holland puts his arm around Gio Reyna, that might be the best young forward in the, in the world that's doing that. And a team that's got aspirations to win the German Bundesliga. When Cristiano Ronaldo hugs uh, Weston McKinney, that's arguably the greatest player in the history of the world that's putting his arm around a young American that he's playing with. And yeah, look, a lot of bad things to be said about Jurgen Klinsmann's tenure as a coach. But one of the things he used to say a lot was when you want, if you want the United States to be uh, a team that can compete for a world cup someday, they've got to have players playing on that stage because when they get to the world cup, they have to have already been playing with and against those players of that caliber. And to me, this is the first time I'm thinking of where not only are players from America playing in those leagues, we've seen players play in Germany and England uh, and, and Italy for the United States, but playing for the best teams and playing critical roles for the best teams. And Tyler Adams, you throw into the mix because his team made it to the semifinals of the Champions League and he played a crucial role to that. And, and so that excites the heck out of me right there. And the other part is, Boy, I has man, I don't know if maybe you guys will slap me for saying that maybe somebody should because I get a tendency to get wound up here. But I believe this. I believe this with all my heart. I, I don't have to squint that hard to, to picture in my mind's eye one of the world-class players in the world putting his arm around Gianluca Busio in the next few years because he's on the same field pulling the strings and making a pass to one of those guys. Um, that's how well I think Gianluca Busio has played in the seven games and what we've seen from him in his ascendancy. And I don't think it's that hard. It's not like it doesn't – because those guys are doing that now, and I'll throw Alfonso Davies in the mix, even though he's not American. He's, he's an MLS kid, right? The fact that those guys are – he's won the European Champions League. The fact that those guys are doing that now tells me – and I think it tells the world when a young kid is playing really well in MLS – it's not a guarantee that every one of them is going to go over there and play for one of those clubs. But it, do, it also means now that it's not a joke to think that he could, right? Like I think for a long time there was that. I, you have to see it before you can really believe it. Those guys have paved the way. If Gianluca Busio does what he's supposed to do and continues to work the way he's working and, and grow the way he's growing, 
Am I out of line there, Carter, to say that, that that's he's capable of, 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 of doing those types of things, and we, we're seeing it right now that other kids are showing that. Go ahead, Allie. Look like you had. I was just going to say, I mean, maybe not immediately right now, but his stock has definitely gone up in the last few games with Sporting Kansas City. And if there's one thing that I think will help separate him, it's the fact that he's versatile. He can play as an attacking mid. He can play as a defensive mid. And I loved what manager Peter Vermees said about it. He said that when they moved Busio back to that to that number six role, he said, make it your own. Don't play that don't play this role in and try and make it what you see other people do in that role make it your own and that's exactly what he's done and I think that while there was maybe some skepticism about John Luca Busio you saw it on Twitter you saw some of the the national guys wondering mm -hmm. hey is he really like I, I'm just not buying into it quite yet and I think what he showed is that he's not only a player who can play in attacking mid, and, and I would even argue that when he did move back into, uh, into attacking mid in this most recent game, he looked even better after having that experience playing at the number six. So I don't know when that time will come for Busio, but it's way closer than it appeared at even the start of this season. And his stock has gone up uh, significantly in this MLS season. And I'm excited to see the progress that he has, not just that we've seen from last year to this year, but from this year to next year as well. I think what, what kind of strikes me is um, maybe part of the reason we're starting to see this is just the, the growth of soccer as a whole in, in the country it has been so great. And, and um, a couple of those guys are uh, MLS Academy guys. You talked yep. about Alfonso Davies, Tyler Adams. Um, McKinney obviously spent a little time with FC Dallas before. He, Seven years. Yeah. So you, you, you probably put him in there as well. And so I think it's – we're starting to see the fruits of some really hard labor that MLS has mm -hmm. put in over the past 10 years or so with the Academy system. And Brian Scaretta actually uh, tweeted out over the weekend, um, 58 U.S. youth eligible players and seven ca Canadian youth players played. So that's 65 domestic youth players played over this past weekend um, in just 13 games with with seven goals and six assists. So like these kids are, they're starting to play more and they're, the, the MLS is better for it. And, and it looks like they're not shrinking from the moment. And you have to consider these kids are starting to play at a time when higher caliber players are coming to MLS yep. as well. Yep. So there's just, you know, it's, it's really does seem like a rising tide lifts all boats in this one because um, the, you're starting to see these, this Academy system pay dividends. Uh, both for MLS teams and their ability to sell players and, and grow. And then also hopefully for the U.S. youth national team, because you look at, you mentioned John Luca Busio and we've got super high hopes for him here in Kansas city, as well as the likes of Cameron Duke and Jalen Lindsay. But the, you know, there's kids all over the place. We saw a couple, I thought Tessman played really well for Dallas in this game yep. and actually yep. to see his growth from when he came on as a sub a month ago or 17 days ago before that. For, and then, playing as a starter in this game, I thought he was exponentially better in this game. Um, so you saw him, Cervania in there for Dallas and just across the league, um, you know, Efrain Alvarez, there's just, there's just a ton of kids playing and it's, it's really awesome to see. And um, yeah, I'm with you. It's uh, hopefully you see Busio in that light here pretty soon, but uh, the, the kids are, the kids are all right for the U S and man, I just wish we had some, wish we had some games going on here to, to start seeing them all start to gel together. Well, it's going to be coming. I think they, they've started to put the schedule out for October camps and all that, and, and we'll see. And, 
And look, I, I want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing anything. Gianluca's future is in his hands, and it's up to him. And just like these other kids, uh, they got to do all the things that it takes. I just think that the ceiling is – the sky is the limit. And, and, and for those that, that might wonder, it's good for the club if, if Gianluca Busio goes on to do great things, right? Like, you hope he wins a few trophies here first. Um, and, and I think one of the things we're seeing is that the young kids can help you win trophies. Tyler Adams helped New York Red Bulls win a supporter shield before he left. But it also then sets the tone for the next wave of young kids. We're seeing younger and younger kids getting opportunities with uh, Sporting Kansas City too and, and that pathway to the pros. Not every kid's going to go overseas. There are going to be some kids that come up through academies, become great long-term MLS players. That Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris, um, you know, that, that help teams win games um, for a long time in this league. There will be some that leave and come and go, some that go over to Europe and come back. But it all, it, it all helps. You know, the success that they have helps this whole system. And I'm just really excited about it, watching those guys do what they're doing. And the guys, like you said, the guys that are playing here in MLS and playing well, not just out there on the field because, oh, let's give this kid a chance. You know, they're, they're playing. They're some of the better players on the field in some of these games. And, and that's where you want it to be. You don't want it to be just because they're forcing them up and, oh, hey, let's give this kid a shot because he's young. Um, they're, they're producing. So I'm, I wanted to talk about that. All right. You guys ready to get into this schedule? Um, yeah, I do want to shout out Eric Palmer Brown, though. He's still just 23, and he made Team of the Week this past weekend for Austria Vienna. So, oh, nice. So, you know, he's still pretty young, you know, and he yeah. kind of gets forgotten about sometimes. But he's uh, definitely young. I, I know in sports, sometimes <laughs> the ages are skewed a little bit, and, and how old it actually is. 23 is still young. But yeah. oh, shout out to these academy systems, too. It has not been a very long time uh, that they've had to achieve this level of success. Uh, that we are seeing right now. And I think, you know, as much criticism as Major League Soccer gets, as U.S. Soccer gets, and, and just the, the catch-up that they've had to do to catch up with these other leagues and other countries, it's remarkable to see where we are right now compared to where we were even a decade ago. Yep. Yeah, they, they have U23 youth teams, right? So that means <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. If there's still and, a I mean, youth team for your age group, you're young. And center backs especially. I mean, Thiago yeah. Silva just signed for Chelsea. He's going to turn 36. Uh, so, you know um, – to Ali's point, I think one thing is like the college is still producing players as well. It's just the, the academy system has been so massive uh, for, for U.S. development. And it's just the, the more pathways you can have, the, the better. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking really good. Yeah, not every pathway is going to be the same either. That, that's for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this schedule. This is hot off the presses right before we started the show today. Uh, Major League Soccer announcing the remainder of the 20. 20 regular season schedule. We've already got the two games that were on the schedule Wednesday night against Orlando city, then Sunday at the Colorado Rapids after that nine more games to close out what will turn out to be a 23 game regular season schedule. And guys, it's, it's going to be kind of like it's, it, it's been ever since uh, the return to the bubble, because you're looking at nine matches in 37 days. So boom, boom, boom. Depth is going to be tested. Carter, what was your first reaction when you when you saw these uh, last nine games on the schedule added? Well, we get to uh, round out the season series with Minnesota and, and Colorado and Houston, so that'll be good. Um, Another FC Dallas in there, too. Get to go down there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, so, and this is something that you've talked about, Nate, but it's going to – the end of the season is just going to really fascinate me considering the uh, – 
you know, it's not an unbalanced schedule or sorry, it's not a balanced schedule normally, but this year seems even more unbalanced than normal. So um, that's really going to intrigue me. But I think if you're sporting, if you're a sporting fan, you have to look at the, the, the games that they've got and, you know, you get crossover games with Nashville and Chicago and Cincinnati. Um, it's not a, you know, it's not a bad draw if you're looking at just where every team is in the standings right now. Yeah, Carter, I'm with you. I think the first thing that stood out to me was, ah, yes, we will get to see um, our old friends a couple more times throughout this next stretch of games. But they, Sporting really did hit the jackpot in terms of strength of schedule or ease of schedule in terms of their new opponents added. And, and again, anything can happen. It's been an unusual season, quick turnarounds, and a lot of other factors that go into how some of these results could shake out. But if you're looking at just purely what is happening in the standings right now, Nashville SC, FC Cincinnati, Chicago Fire, three teams who haven't uh, necessarily done exceptionally well this season. And so Sporting Kansas City does have an opportunity to pick up points in those games. But also looking forward to the Real Salt Lake game. That, you know, that was an opponent we only saw them play one time and is usually um, a big game for Sporting each season. So looking forward to some of these matches. All right, yeah. So here's the schedule after Orlando City and Colorado. It's at Houston, at home against Chicago, at home against Nashville at FC Dallas, at the Chicago Fire, at home against the Rapids, at FC Cincinnati, at home against Minnesota United, and wrapping up the season on November 8th at Real Salt Lake, and then the playoffs after that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about this next matchup, Orlando City, a new face coming to town, and we'll talk about that when we come back on the Sporting Kansas City Show. All right, back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Nate Bucati, Carter Augustine, and Ali Trost. All right, guys, Wednesday night, 6.30. It's on national television, FS1. Of course, you can listen to the radio broadcast with me, uh, Jacob Peterson, Carter Augustine on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and the final whistle with Ali Trost and uh, Dave Borchert and Chad Reynolds right after the game. It's a good drive home listening for me to listen to you guys uh, breaking it down on the post game as well. Um, Get some thoughts on this game. This Orlando City team, they looked really good down in the bubble. And I think we wondered, okay, is that because they're the home team in Orlando? Maybe it's really more because they, they got a head coach in Oscar Pereja who actually actually has a style of play that they, that they have an identity maybe for the first time since really joining MLS. Carter, what are your thoughts on Orlando City so far in 2020? You're spot on. I mean, Pereja has done so phenomenally well. Um, I mean, what, they're unbeaten in six, I believe. So, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it obviously hasn't uh, been just Orlando, although they, they haven't played a ton of away games. So this will be a, a, an interesting challenge for them from that respect. But you got to give credit to Pereja. And then I, for me, I just look, I look at their two wide players, and they've just been so excellent. I mean, Chris Mueller, I believe he's top of the league in terms of uh, goals – and assist per 90 without penalties. So uh, that says all it needs to say right there. If you're you're the top of that chart, you're doing something pretty well. So he has come on in leaps and bounds this year. I think he's he's got to be in the national team discussion. Uh, I'm sure Burhalter has been looking at him and, and how well he's been playing. So it's going to be Ali, a huge challenge for, for sporting and their fullbacks, especially because with him and Nani on either side, at, at, 
I mean, it, obviously it's a midweek game, so you're never quite sure if they're going to keep the same lineup. But if it's those two guys, they, they, they pose a huge threat. Yeah, and Peter Vermees was talking about it in his press conference earlier, their quick counterattacks, their quality of players in the attack. And this is a sporting team that we've now seen concede some questionable goals in terms of you know what was going on defensively and just some, some plays that they would definitely want back. But then we've also seen them in situations like against Minnesota where they don't allow a single shot on goal. So as long as sporting can bring that type of defense to this game, it's going to be incredibly important against a team that does have such quality goal scorers. The only thing that might be in sporting's favor is the strength is the difficulty of schedule that they've had compared to Orlando in this uh, part three phase one of the season Orlando's really only played Nashville uh, inner Miami Atlanta teams that have definitely struggled a bit this season so this might be one of the best opponents that Orlando is going to be up against in sporting Kansas City since the MLS's back tournament how yeah, wild so is it that we're saying Atlanta is uh, – is, I know. Uh, it's so that's, crazy. That's crazy. It feels weird. It, like, doesn't feel right coming off the tongue, but – It's like Orlando and LAFC, these, these recent expansion sides are really struggling, going through some growing pains in 2020. Yeah. That's how weird 2020 is. But it is true. When it comes to trying to figure out who's good and who's not in MLS this year, it almost feels like a college football thing where yeah. – you know what, you've been playing in your conference for so long. We haven't seen you play anybody outside of your conference. We don't really know how to compare the relative strengths of the teams. Uh, and so I guess we just know that uh, the Big 12 school is going to go get beaten by the SEC school here well, at some point in time. I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it means. It would be like if the Chiefs only played the AFC West for about a month and a half straight. And that's, you know, yeah. it hasn't been – you know, MLS doesn't have divisions per se, but that's kind of what it's been like in this in this part three of the season. Yeah, and it's gonna like be fun. That. I like that strength of schedule analogy, Nate. It's uh, yeah, it's we're in the Big Twelve here, and finally getting a an ACC team to to come up to the Midwest and play. It's gonna be, you know, I'm excited just from the standpoint of you know, it's the first time since the Dallas game that they're playing a new team. It's the first mm -hmm. Dallas game, I should say. So, just to have a little wrinkle is gonna be exciting. Um, I think Dom Dwyer and Uri Rossell are both ruled out for the game. So that, that's a little disappointing just to not have that um, little special angle, but still going to be um, a, a really good game. And I think their goalkeepers had a pretty good year as well. And his nickname is the Octopus El Pulpo. And I think that's just maybe the best goalkeeper, goalkeeper nickname out there. Yeah. Well, and, and Alan Polito likely going to be back for this game, which is uh, big for Sporting Kansas City, adds more depth for them at the attack. I think the only question is how long will he be able to go in, the, in this game? Will he be 90 minutes fit or not? Yeah, Peter Vermees uh, said at his news conference earlier today that uh, he was available for selection but did not choose to put him into the 20-man roster for that game. Uh, this past weekend, but he absolutely will be uh, in in the at least on the on the you know on the bench or in the starting lineup. He'll be in the mix on uh, on Wednesday night, and of course they they had him address the media this week as well. Alan Polito, I don't think Sporting's going to do that if he's not going to play. So we'll see because they they are not scoring as many goals without Alan Polito in the mix, and I would argue that they're not protecting leads as well either because he was really good at helping just be a calming presence put his foot on the ball, knew when to attack, when to hold on to possession for the team. He's got that really uh, – that, that, that football street smarts about him. Um, and I think, it, you know, he's going to help uh, for sure being back out on the field. All right, so, again, 6.30 tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Sporting KC versus Orlando City. 
check out the radio broadcast right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB with me, Carter, and Jacob Peterson. And Ali Trost uh, leads the post-game coverage with uh, Dave Borchert and uh, Chad Reynolds afterwards as well. All right, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Thanks to Johnny Russell for joining us. For Carter and Allie, this is Nate Bucati saying we'll see you next time on the Sporting Kansas City Show.